edition of the Timbers Army Field Report, joined by, uh, as always, Mr. Uh, Mr. Drew Olson. Greetings. Drew, how you doing? I'm swell. How are you, Kyle? Not too bad. And our guest today, we have Travis Hefner of the uh, the Timbers Army uh, East Coast Platoon. Travis, how you doing? Doing good, guys. How we doing tonight? Not too shabby. Living the dream. Can't ask for more than that. I said good stuff. Oh, I know. Super exciting. <laughs> so, uh, let's just start with some, uh, some witty banter. How about that FIFA? Yeah, man. How cool is that shit? Uh, I, so cool. Dude, Loretta Lynch so, took her... It's a modern Al Capone. Right? Took her six <laughs> yeah, months is. to get it's approved by Congress, and she just jumps in and starts a... Re- I mean, let's be real, like, there's probably worse people in the world that... She could be arresting, but um. Well, let's actually talk about that. I want to like, just you know, spend a few minutes on this because you know it's kind of the big soccer world topic right now. Do and you work in DC in the political ad environment? Uh, Drew, I do. Do you think it's out of line for the U.S. to do this? Like, are you okay with it, or what's your opinion on it? Hell yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, I feel like this should have. I think most people feel like this should have happened a long time ago. I mean. It's interesting because the only thing that, like, these FIFA officials are being arrested for is tax evasion, which is, of course, been compared on Twitter because that's what Al Capone ultimately got arrested for, right? Like, you arrest them for what you Correct. can arrest them for. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the disappointing thing there, I think, is that Seth Blatter is as, is as awful as he is, like, is relatively smart in that. I don't think that he is directly linked to any bribes, at least anymore, maybe... 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, when he first got elected, he bribed people, but I think he's smart enough to shield himself from that, and now he can do the see no evil, hear no evil situation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, as a soccer fan, like this is probably the most that anyone has done for soccer in America and <laughs> since the World Cup was here, right? Like, <laughs> No, it's very true. <laughs> um, now, do I think, like, there are probably much worse people on Wall Street that are committing much more heinous crimes than a bunch of rich people, you know, in Conway Ball and CONCACAF asking for a few million bucks. Like, yeah, there probably is, but, um, you know, there's also worse, you know, Congress also investigates, you know, PEDs in baseball. So this is, this is better than that, I guess. Travis, what do you think about it? Uh, I'm definitely a fan, and uh, I think the world over is sort of a fan of it. I mean, you see stuff on Twitter, articles about how this might increase how people see us around the world because someone has finally come up to the bet, but come up to the plate against FIFA. Um, this has been something people have wanted for so long, and the United States has finally been able to do it. I mean, I wouldn't care if it was United States, Germany, Spain. I think we can all agree that there is a problem with FIFA and something, anything being done about it is good. No, definitely. I think the one, like, I think I've listened to a few podcasts on this morning. The best comparison, or the best like, way to sum up Seth Blatter now is, first of all, his hands are probably not dirty right now. There might be something linking him to bribery or racketeering or whatever at some point in the past, but right now he looks to be clean. He's smart. He's not stupid. But at this point, he does not want money. 
he wants power. He wants absolute power over the soccer world. Hence why he he's basically Napoleon. Be... Yeah. Yes. No. That's really it. He has that Napoleon complex about him. Cause, I mean, he could have. I mean, he. You know, I'm sure. As well, he's got it made, right? He's got an expense account, which is unlimited, so he doesn't need the money, right? Like he knows, like, no. and that's perfectly he legal. Need a kickback. Yeah, it's perfectly legal for him to have. He, an unlimited he wants expense. the power. That's what he's about. Yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, I, personally, I think it's unfortunate, but I think he's going to be re- re-elected, re-elected tomorrow. But, That's uh, inevitable. That was always inevitable. Yes, it was. I mean, I, supposedly the United States, Canada, does he, he Panama, doesn't even have an opponent, does he? He does. Prince Ali. Ali Ababa. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's, uh, and I guess the United States, Canada, and Panama are all in supporting of uh, Prince Ali. I mean, let's be honest, though. That guy's probably not any better. Like it's the whole. I, that's the thing. That, like at this point, I would be. I'm content with change, not necessarily even better. Well, I. I mean, I'm to the point where I'm like, FIFA needs to go. Like, it, it doesn't matter who's in power. It doesn't mean who's elected. Well, like, here's the, the thing. whole organization is corrupt to the core, and it, it, the whole thing needs to go. The only reason it exists is because it's basically like the people that are willing to deal with, you know, organizing friendlies and like talking to team. Like, it's not like what good does FIFA provide? I'm not really no, sure. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And here's the thing. UEFA makes up FIFA. FIFA would not exist without yeah. UEFA. And UEFA is pretty much done with FIFA. And right now, the United States has been blackballed by the rest of CONCACAF. Because despite the United States being the largest and wealthiest country in CONCACAF, every nation gets a single vote. So all the Caribbean nations get a vote. So effectively, the United States has the same voting power as Trinidad and Tobago. Or Jamaica. Suriname. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so there are more. It's a cr- there are more uh, countries or organizations in FIFA than there are countries in the world. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, let's get off that and onto some uh, some good old Timbers. So uh, Travis, let's kick it to you. How did you become a Timbers fan? I've actually told this story a few times uh, this past week since I was up in Canada. Um, honestly, I just wanted to watch some more soccer. Uh, I'd followed teams in Europe, and uh, I was looking through teams. And to be perfectly honest, and it's a little sad, I thought the Axe was really cool. That's not sad. And so I said, I'll, I'll, watch, the, I'll watch the Timbers a couple of times. But uh, really, it was the, the, the Army that kept me around. Um, you see you know, the, the rainbow flags in the crowd all the time and, you know, fans against homophobia. And there's just, you know, this really progressive culture of, you know, community outlook, outreach and community help. And I said to myself, I wanted to be a part of that. And being with fans of the team, uh, it's always been inclusive. People have always been welcoming. So while I started watching the team because of the acts being cool, uh, I've stayed a fan because of the people who support it with me. It's just such a good atmosphere and such good people that I've met through being a Timbers fan. That's awesome. So where are you from? I am from Pittsburgh. Uh, I've lived uh, a couple other places, but basically born and raised in southwestern Pennsylvania. Do you also have a bird? A bird? There's a bird chirping, right? Oh, there! I am uh, outside enjoying the fine weather in Pittsburgh today. Okay, okay, cool. 
Well, I don't know if you listened to our last podcast, but Jamie, who we talked to last week. I, I did hear yeah. that. I was not aware that it was going to bleed through. I apologize. That's okay. It's becoming a theme. You shouldn't have played it off like you have some wicked cool bird. There's going to be an awesome Timbers Field Report trend. <laughs> Although, birds before Houston, we lost. Birds after Toronto, we lost. So maybe, maybe we should uh, stop that. Uh, cool. So, uh, what a... What uh, games have you been to, Timbers games? So I've I've pretty much been everywhere on the on the East Coast at this point. Uh, I didn't get to go to Montreal this year because of uh, some passport trouble, but uh, I got up to Toronto. Uh, I've been to D.C., Philly, Columbus, New York Red Bull, New England, NYCFC. So pretty pretty much if I can drive there, I'm going. Could you tell elaborate a little bit more on that visa trouble? Because I know it's a hilarious story. So, uh, basically, uh, when I tried to get my passport, you know, planning ahead, as you do to get a passport, uh, I found out uh, I have never had a legitimate birth certificate. Uh, I went to the post office with what I thought was my birth certificate, but it was merely a piece of paper that said I had a birth certificate. (laughs) So, I had to order my birth certificate, get that, then go back, order my passport, and hope that came in time. Uh, It came the day before I would have to leave for Toronto. So I left basically within 12 hours of getting my passport to go to Canada. Not too shabby. At least you made it, right? I did. It was was quite an insane adventure, uh, not knowing exactly where you were staying and uh, going up there without a ticket. But again, the uh, the army always helps out, and uh, I found a ticket pretty much as soon as I asked for one. Nice. It's usually the way the, the TA rolls. So tell us about TFC, Travis. What what was your? Uh, let's get into that now. What was your general impression of that game? TFC, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was bad. Um, I mean, it was a good time hanging out with the TA as always, but Jenko uh, had a wonderful goal. That sort of uh, took it out of us pretty early. Got the got the Toronto crowd hyped up. Uh, there was a couple good individual performances. I thought Powell played well. I thought uh, Gaston Fernandez finally played well once he came on for Valeri. But uh, not too much good coming out of that game. And first of all, that goal was world class. And I think the the crappy part about it is like if you look at the positioning of our defenders is they were kind of where they were supposed to be. They were tracking, they had pressure on Javinko. You know, he was still progressing towards the goal, but tactically, I don't know how much more you could ask for, but he had that little pocket of space, and you cannot give a guy like Sebastian Javinko that much space. And it wasn't even that much space, but he just took it and he ripped it, and there was nothing anybody could do about it. Yeah, it was interesting, like, he, I mean, he had an incredible game. I mean, that dude is really good at playing soccer. I thought it was interesting. I think it was a clear strategy by our defenders to let him kind of dribble around in front of us and just keep him in front, and that worked the whole, the rest of the game. I mean, I think that was the first real time on the ball that he had when he scored, and obviously it was a hell of a shot, but I thought... The rest of the game, like, we gave him plenty of time to dribble and stuff. And whether it was Powell or Borchers or whoever, um, it just, 
it felt like our, we were consciously letting him play around with the ball, at, and the rest of the game it worked. Borchers, Borchers had so many blocked shots. Um, man, and a side note, man, Borchers is freaking good. Like this game, he I th- he was the unsung hero. I thought he must have had four or five blocked shots that otherwise would have been right on goal. Uh, Cor- I th- also think Corsay had a had a really good game. But, uh, no, he did. He definitely had a he had a fantastic game, and like I currently think definitely some good saves for sure. Yeah. And he's continuously getting better. Like we'll talk about it when we get to the DC game, but like he's still doing well. And even going back to the Houston game, he had four or five very good quality saves then too. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I was just saying like Giovinco is is incredibly good, and we just gave him that half inch, which I think was actually part of our strategy, which was to keep him in you know, in front of our defenders, and it was just that one time that it took for, for him to beat us, but otherwise our defense was really solid and has been solid for, um, you know, basically all season. Yeah, and I think it goes back to our, you know, our constant problems of who is going to score the goals, and it doesn't help that Valeri came out in, like, what, the 25th minute don't around that point? And he came out relatively, he came out relatively early. And, uh, you know, we don't know when he's going to be back at this point. You know, I've heard, you know, next week, but there's no hard timetable. If You know, I guess, you know, just minor ankle sprain. But, you know, the sooner this guy gets back full health, the better we are. I mean, this is, we've been hoping he'd be, you know, here the whole offseason. He was injured, and then the first few months, we were hoping this could be, you know, the answer to everything we've needed. And now he's injured again. So, you don't see, I mean... Even against the DC game, we saw a lot better stuff. But when you add Diego, Diego Valeri into any combination, it immediately becomes better. You're right. I I also think that Will Johnson has is is a really important addition. Um, I mean, he it wasn't so much seen in the Toronto game, but he's just like, dude is just like 100 percent, 110 percent all the time. Sometimes I feel like that's where we're lacking in the midfield. Like, I mean, we know Chira is going to be like the dude, you know, the energizer bunny, but it's almost, you know, outside of what you're normally looking like. He does most of his running off camera. If you're watching on TV, like we do most games, right? But Will Johnson is just like freaking in there, man, and he's not afraid. He's already shown that he's not afraid to to dive in for those tackles. Like he's he's maybe I'm saying this too too soon, but just, like, I saw when he came out on that Toronto game, like, he was ready to get stuck in and and do his thing, and he didn't care that, you know, this was his first game back in, what, eight months or something. So, I think that's encouraging. No, no, I I completely agree, but him and Diego Valeria are just different people. They have very different skill sets. And as much as Will Johnson definitely adds that mentality, Valeria has that skill. And yes, Larry can do a lot of it, but let's let's even look at where the real issue lies. It's with our forwards. Yeah. Well, I mean, we should also mention too that like Rudy got taken out. What it was in like the 80th. He did. The 80th he did, minute. Was, like it was a very yeah, clear penalty kick. About as obvious as they come, I thought. It's almost a uh, carbon copy of the uh, penalty that was called on us a couple weeks ago. I believe it was against Orlando. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Yep. It was almost exactly that play, and uh, we didn't get the call, though. Yeah, but I feel like we should expect that at this point, because we just don't get those calls, ever. 
But do we think Adi will be around by the end of the summer? I think he'll be around the end of the summer just because we couldn't find anyone stupid to stupid enough to take him. Um, I'm not sure if he'll be around next season, but I don't know. I mean, first of all, I don't think anyone would be willing to take on a contract that big. Second of all, who who else do we have? Like, if even if I think it's clear at this point that Rudy's the best striker on the team, we still need a backup. Like, and it doesn't seem like Belmar is going to get that sniff. But you're not going to – I know we did this with Chris Boyd, but I don't think we're going to let another DP sit on the bench. You're not going to pay somebody that much money just to have them sit there. I mean, I think you're right, but have you seen him play recently? <laughs> I Listen, here's what my absolute dream is. We keep playing him, and Diego Valeri keeps making him look better. And then hopefully somebody bites on the transfer window. That, that sort of thing with him, he uh... – he gets talked about as like this big target man. That's what uh, the DC broadcast was talking about him when he came on uh, yesterday. And but he's not. I, I, he's not. He absolutely isn't. He needs balls played into his feet. And when Valeri and him are playing together, they they look a lot better. But uh, even when he does get balls played into his feet, sometimes like he did last night, he uh, trips over. Well, and that's still. the thing, right? Like, yep. not only does is he better with his feet, he can only do it with his feet like he does not take one touch shots we talked about this last last time like he needs to take four or five touches his best play in the toronto game was when he dribbled down the sideline uh and and did a little step over eddie johnson's style and took a shot i mean the shot was crap but like that was his best opportunity like he had open headers he had open shots that often he just doesn't take because he has to touch the ball with his feet like two or three times before he shoots so frustrating to watch. I mean, especially because Valeri, of course, comes on in his first real game and scores that incredible one-touch shot, which I don't think Arudi's ever, or sorry, Audi's ever done. And honestly, Arudi hasn't been all that better. Obviously, he got the goal, but it, I mean, I think we could probably say that Audi would have even scored that goal. You're not uh, to get back to Kyle's original point is that you're correct that our forwards freaking suck. And could you imagine? this point two years ago that would be missing Ryan frickin Johnson this much. I w- it was inconceivable at the time. But I, I cannot see us. Actually, this my goal is to have Diego Valerio make him look better just so somebody pays us something to get rid yeah. of him. And then we can bring in somebody well, supposedly else. Supposedly we've turned I mean, down offers from like Mexico for him. But... Supposedly there was like a $5 million offer from Russia. I don't quite buy that one, but but I think so. I guess the Russian league wants, or not the Russian, um, some of the Mexican teams wanted him because of his height and because you know there isn't too much height down there. Adi isn't good with his yeah, head. Yeah, actually, was it was it the DCU game where he had basically an open header on the far post and just yes? Has he scored with his head? No, I don't. I, maybe once, but nothing's coming yeah. to memory. And for being a guy that big, and this is my last thing on him, but for being a guy that big, he's not very good at holding up the play. Like, he's not very physically strong. I mean, you would assume, like, you know, he's, he's a big guy. You would assume he would be better at it, but he's just not. I didn't watch either of these games live because I, you know, I was in, I had a wedding at the same time on Saturday, and then uh, these games were t- too late for, for me on the East Coast when they start at 1030. So I only watched the first half. 
But uh, so I watched the second, I watched the Toronto game and the second half of the DC games just today, and uh, it's interesting because there was a moment where uh, Adi got the ball with his feet and fell over and put his hands up like he wanted a foul, which was clearly not going to be a foul. And then DC took the ball, uh, took the ball up, and we we got a turnover and Espria. It was not long after that that Espria did that awesome move that he had, uh, where like the DC guys are like pulling him down and he's like doing spit like, uh, you know, Maradona move, like just like everyone on DC, it felt like was trying to take him down and he just stayed on his feet. And I was like, Espria is <laughs> probably got 50 pounds less and, you know, five inches less than Audi. And yet he's just like powering through this and he's such a more powerful player. Just, I don't know. Disappointing. Cause you can see, potential that Audi has to use his size and he doesn't. No, it's true. It's unfortunate, but you know, I don't want him past July. I feel like we are shooting ourselves in the foot with only having these two strikers and obviously Belmar is not ready. He needs time to go. I I don't know that you're like, I'm ready to call it Belmar. What's the downside? There's I'm no not. Downside. I feel like it's just too soon. Uses the downside mostly his USL is yeah, not MLS. Yeah, but MLS is MLS, and Audi can't cut it. Yeah. No, and you're not wrong, but he's played a third of his season in USL. He needs a little bit more time than that. You know, if he continues this through the whole season, at the moment he's not there. But is Audi? That's my question. Like, no, no, you're not wrong, and I feel like if we cannot find somebody. We cannot offload Audi. Maybe we have no choice and our hand is forced, but I would still like to see him develop a little bit longer before he came up to the first team. Yeah, I mean, ideally, like, he wouldn't play, but we also can't score to save our lives right now. No, you're not wrong. So, I mean, fortunately, only time will tell, but any last thoughts on... Also, Belmar Belmar was born in 1992, which just tells me how old I am. He's a year younger than me. That's crazy. You were born in ninety. You were born in the nineties. I'm ninety one. <sighs> That's okay. I'm sorry, guys. My apologies. I didn't know I was gonna make you all upset. Ruin the evening. I'm done. Are we done with this podcast? Yeah, I, 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 we gotta I, go to bed. We're old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what do we think about uh, giving uh, Fernandez another chance at striker? That is the position he says is his best. It's sort of a uh, a false nine, almost, I guess, would be the term to call it. Because he's not a an attacking midfielder. I think we saw that at the beginning of the, the season when we just sort of plugged him in for Valerian and said it'll be fine. Uh, I think giving him another chance might be helpful, especially with uh, how our two strikers are playing right now. Uh, can't, can't get too much worse, knock on wood. I think it was Chris Reifer had a really good post on this this week. Maybe it was yesterday. About, I mean, I think Gata had his best game of the season against DC, which really isn't saying much, but um, he really played a little more reserved position. I think the last two games have been two of his best, and he has been playing a little deeper than he had been before when he was coming on as substitute. And... He's much more reserved. I think the only pass he had in the in the final third was his assist to Nagby. Other than that, it was mostly like middle of the field stuff, and and he was far more successful than he had been. 
And Drew, you're not wrong. He he moved, you know, up to where he had that assist, but he had no issue dropping back to where he needed to. He would move to the wings a little bit. And he definitely, that was the position where, I mean, he might not actually necessarily need an assigned position to be effective as long as he can roam and be effective wherever he may be, which is good. I mean, unfortunately, you've seen him, and you know, it seems like he hasn't wanted to be there, especially when he had that T2 game and it looked like he didn't give a flying fuck about what he was doing, or more or less being with us. So hopefully... The DC game is a sign of things to come, but for me, one game isn't, you know, a make or break. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the sample size, right? Um, and who knows? I mean, if we really want to read into the results more than we should, like, his uh, Fernandez playing better has also coincided with Johnson coming back, right? So maybe there's something about... I mean, besides the fact that I think Johnson is just... He's such a different player than Jack is, and that's they really kind of play that defensive midfielder position the same way. Johnson's obviously way way more willing to get forward than Jack is, but they kind of occupy the same space. But Johnson is just so much more proactive. Like I, there was there were a few times when I was watching the DC game where he's just like he's constantly moving, whereas a player like. Uh, Jewsbury or Nagby or like or even Fernandez like where they're content to stop like he even when he's got nothing going on like he's gonna he's constantly moving trying to find some space and and get open and he's just he sprints more than any other player on the field I don't know how you how the heck he has the stamina to do it but it's just like he's so proactive so fiery like it's just I don't know it's intangible or maybe it is tangible because I can figure out what it is, but it's just like he's just got that something that is just like that we've been lacking, that energy. And I, and I completely agree, and I know it's only one game, but this one game looked more like 2013 Will Johnson than 2014 Will Johnson, and that makes me so happy. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, like 2014 Will Johnson is still better than having 2014 or 2015 uh Jack Jewsbury, like I love Jack, but he's he's a known quantity, you know. He's a good stopgap, yeah. He's he's the ultimate utility guy. It's a, he is. You're not wrong. It was nice to see, uh, like Drew was saying about uh, Bill Johnson going forward. It was nice to say see him not scared to uh, take a couple cracks with the ball from distance. He missed with them, but uh, it's uh, it's good to see that he's uh, not afraid to shoot the ball. Not completely agreed. And uh, unfortunately, it now looks like he's going to have to start, I mean, it's my, my opinion, he's going to have to start against Colorado because Chara is now suspended upon yellow card accumulation. So what do you guys think the midfield pairing is going to be? I think Jack is definitely going to start. And I would actually be surprised if it's, if it's Will, because I think, like... Porter's been a little hesitant about bringing him back. You know, he did play two games with T2. So I would imagine that Johnson comes off the bench, especially because uh, he did what he played 80-some minutes, I think. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't actually be surprised if Fuchibe, um made his return. Colorado's good now, so that'll be interesting. I, th- I, I think it's been confirmed that Valeri's out, right? So it, it's yeah. going to be very different. So I think it's probably likely that Fernandez starts again. I think Arudi has earned that spot. 
And I, and I think for the time being, yeah, and I think we'll probably see Borchers back in there for Paparato. So I don't know how do you see that going down, Travis? Uh, I totally agree. Johnson will probably be on the bench. Um, Porter's been very adamant about you know bringing him along, measured in a measured way. Um, so I think if he does come on, uh, it'll be off the bench. Um, I think a Rudy should be starting as well. Uh, at, at this point, you just got to go with. Uh, a hot hand or I guess hot foot in, in this case. Um, and I think the back line was just a you know, uh, typical rotation. I don't think it had anything to do with any play. So I think Borchers would be back in no problem, but uh, I wonder if Ridgewell will uh, get a rest against Colorado because I didn't think Paparato played all that bad. I thought he was quite good stepping up a few times in the midfield. Uh, he missed that free header though. So Yeah, actually that's something I meant to bring up was, it was really nice having Will back for all our free kicks. Like, Jack had been taking them earlier in the year, and they weren't doing well. There was a time when Nagby was taking them. Valeri came in and taken one couple games. Like, But I feel like Will's free kicks were on point. Like, that one especially stood out because Paparato really sh- should have done better, at least put it on goal. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was nice to have him back, especially so it can free up guys like Nagby who can actually, you know, score those goals. I mean, not necessarily with his head, but if it if it comes out or something like that. So yeah, I actually think that's that's a pretty good point. And honestly, like, as good as our defense has been, and you know, one goal over the last game isn't bad, but uh, or two games isn't bad, but uh, I don't think Ridgeville's been all that phenomenal, to be honest with you. Well, I think, I mean, I think the DC United game is actually quite good. I think the DC United game has been one of the very few where he's kind of earned that a DP salary. I mean, over, if you look at his body of work this year, definitely not. But there has been a few instances where he's earned his pay. It's not the he biggest of sample size, but uh, goal-saving block in the oh game yeah last that night. tackle. Yeah, that tackle in the, in the first good. half was was incredible. Yeah, yeah, and he's one of the guys. I, I wish we didn't pay him DP money, but I'm glad he's here. You know, you can. I don't think it's even arguable that the defense we currently have now is the best defense you've ever had as, you know, an MLS team. Yeah. If not, I think we have two of the top assistance. 10 center backs in MLS. I don't, I don't think, I think. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of wish you didn't have to pay. I don't think either Ridgewell one's top five. 1.5. Yeah. I don't know. Definitely but, not. But. They're both top 10. I mean, that's that. I, I think it's, if, I think it'll be Ridgewell and Borchers just cause I don't think they'd keep, uh, Pop, I don't think Porter would keep Paparato in on the short rest over Ridgewell. Like, if, if someone's going to play on a short rest, I think it's going to be Ridgewell instead of Paparato. Um, we'll see. I'll say this, though. Paparato's performance last night did make me feel very good that he's our third center back. Mm-hmm. He's a very good I – mean, if somebody gets injured, you know, it seems like he's this year. He's definitely a little more simmered down. You know, we haven't had seen him too much, but – he did have night, like one really stupid tackle though. I think it was late in the second. Was the one right inside the box? Yeah, right. Out, like basically just totally got. But it schooled. was outside the box. Yeah, but but it was because he got totally beat and had to foul the guy. Like if he just yeah, keeps that dude in front of last him. Last year. Yeah. Last year he had a few of those inside the box. <laughs> well, okay. And those led to penalties very early on of the year. Right. And I'm not saying he's going to be the starter, nor should be the starter. I'm saying I'm okay with him being. The third string center back. Yeah, that's fine. And I mean, just mention too, Corse had a really good game in Toronto, but I actually didn't think it was all that. I mean, he had that in the first half. 
I don't remember who it was for DC, basically had an open net because of course he got totally lost. Nearly fell yeah, on his bomb. ass. Uh, burn bomb hitter, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he basically fell on his ass untouched. Had no idea where the ball was. And if Bur- if Birnbaum can literally just put that on goal anywhere, that's a goal, and we're looking at a 1-1 game. Uh, luckily, he puts it over. But, I mean, that was that was actually a little bit worrying to me because Horsey was in no man's land, nowhere near the ball. No, you're... You're not wrong. I still think yeah, I, he's progressing for every game, though, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, he's he definitely, definitely getting better. better. Yeah. And like, if you look at the, the uh, Ghanaian goalkeepers right now, it's him, what I think is playing the highest tier soccer, and his, I guess, would be the next best for the goalkeepers is somebody playing for the Spanish second division, who's currently the number one goalkeeper. But personally, if it wasn't for the TIF between Corazzi and the... Uh, a Ghanaian FA, I feel like he'd be the number one without a question. Well, you know, Avram Grant, who apparently is the coach of Ghana now, was at the uh, New York City away game and apparently talked to Corse after that, and they reconciled to a certain extent, is my understanding. So. And I, I mean, I would, really, I would mean, unfortunately for the Timbers, but I would like to see him, you know, be an international caliber goalkeeper because mm-hmm. at this point, I don't see they have anybody else playing as high quality of soccer as he is. And, you know, MLS isn't the best, but it's better than anyone else I got right now. I mean, the worry for me, though, is that everything I've seen of Andrew Weber is that he's bad. So. No, I'm pretty sure Andrew Weber is just like if somebody gets injured, I'm pretty sure we would call somebody from T2. Yeah, you think Gleason would actually be a starter? Ahead of I don't know. I mean, um, I would prefer Gleason over Weber. I mean, maybe I'm tainted by that awful, uh, was it, Champ- Champions game? The one that game. kind of cost us the All you say or something, yeah. Yeah, it was awful. All right, so I have an unpopular opinion, I think, about Nagby. Like, I don't want to get your two opinions on it. Nagby's body of work over the past two years, to me, is not sufficient in general. I don't want to get rid of him at all, but I think he needs to go on loan to a much higher division team. I think he needs to train with people and maybe play in a league that's better than the MLS. Because what I'm seeing from him is not progressing. You know, in the beginning of this year, he had a few really nice assists. But we haven't even seen those. And it's not necessarily 100% his fault because people can't finish. But I don't see Nagy progressing. And I don't like that. Because he has the potential to be not only a Timber star and like a complete absolute legend, but a United States star. And I, I feel like he needs to go, you know, not even the Premier League, but even if it's League Un or Serie A or somewhere, but just for some team playing at a higher level than MLS. Uh, I mean, I've had trouble watching Nagby this season as well. Um, there's still things he's doing well. Uh, I mean, it's hard to quantify them, though, as they're usually, you know, quote-unquote deeper statistics, like, you know, taking people on with dribbles. He's still doing that incredibly well, but... The goals aren't there. The assists aren't there, which, you know, is what you want at the end of the day. Um, I'm not sure a player out of form, uh, to a certain extent anyway, in the final third is going to get a lot of attention for a possible loan. Um, I think he's just going to have to work through it here. I'm not sure too many teams are going to be lining up to take Nagby off off the Timbers' hands, and I'm not exactly sure that uh, we should. Um, 
I think he does a lot of things on the field still. He just needs to, you know, get that final third thing in, in gear. I think that going to a higher league, I think, is the opposite of what he needs right now because I think all he's lacking is the confidence, right? Like, you look at the way he's playing this season, and he's taken hardly – I don't have the numbers on this, but it feels like he has barely taken any shots. I mean, you look at his rookie and sophomore seasons, like, he was shooting a lot more frequently, and now he's way more content to pass. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but I, I, I think he – I think it's bad in the sense that he's not shooting when he should. There was one uh, in the game against D.C. where he had an open open lane to take a shot, and he should have, and instead he took another touch and then was like, oh, okay, I have to shoot it now because I'm so wide open. But by, that, by the time he actually took it, like the shot got blocked. So I think I think it's confidence, and I think he does need to stay where he's comfortable where the timber, with the Timbers so that he can figure that out. And I, and I have no doubt that the coaching staff sees that as well, and so they're telling him that he needs to be more proactive. I actually think he's had a really, really good season. Like, I think he's had a top 10 or 15 player season in MLS right now. It obviously doesn't show up on goals and assists, but he, there were moments, there's a moment or two or five in every game where he just says, fuck it, I'm taking the ball towards the net, like, it's usually late in the second half when he's realized that Adi or Rudy are fucking useless. And so he takes the ball and he dribbles it towards the net and either takes a shot or crosses it in. And it usually entails him beating like five guys. So he's got it in him. I just think it's a matter of time. And it might be, honestly, I've been saying this, I think it may be having Larry back consistently to take that pressure off. Now, it did seem like a little bit in that Montreal game that he took, you know, Valeri being on the field in a way let Nagby float a little more than he maybe should have, that he, he let himself go out of the game. But being on his own and, and not sucking away the full attention of the defense, I think, is is going to help him be a better player. And I and I think he just needs to work, out, work through it. You know, he's in a slump. And yeah, you know, it's been almost a year of a slump, but Nobody thinks that he's lost talent or he doesn't have what cut what, to cut it. Like he's a talented player and he can like he can play in World Cups. Like he is that good and has that kind of potential. He just needs to figure it out. That said, you know we've been saying that for four years now, five years. So who knows? We're gonna, and that's my point. Like I'm not. I know he does all these subtle little things off the ball. I don't think anybody can question that. But here's my issue. He's kind of like a 1970s muscle car. Infinite amount of power. It's a massive V8 engine. But a four-speed transmission. He needs that additional gear. He's not going to get that additional gear in MLS. And my point is, I don't even but care. But he's he struggling. Well. Don't you think it'll be harder if he go, it goes to harder competition? Hold on. I don't give a flying what he does over there. I don't care if he scores. I want him to go over there to play at a higher level, to come back here to dominate. Because he's used to a higher level of competition. I don't care if he goes to any like, to some BS Serie A team and you know gets decimated by Juventus. I don't care about that. But I want it, him to come back. Shatter his already possibly weak confidence in the uh, scoring department. If he goes to Serie A already, you know, possibly uh, with bad confidence and is just 
you know, annihilated by better defensive uh, players in Italy, uh, I, I don't see how that's going to be a positive for him. Yeah, okay, maybe also, who the hell the plays in his spot? You're going to put Yarte back in? Honestly, I'm confident enough if you can switch. If you say yes squad. to that. No, 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 no definitely not. Definitely not. I'm saying if you can switch Espria and Wallace so each one can take a wing, which arguably wouldn't work, and still keep Valeria in the middle, I would be okay with that. But my point is, and Juventus probably wasn't the best example. I don't care if he loses against Juventus. My point is, I just want him to try to find that fifth gear. To the point where he could even take that back here and just use that here. Given, I recognize this probably will never happen because he's got a family and a, you know, a little girl. So he's probably not going to go overseas right now. But I would just like to see him try to get that a little bit better. You know, be a little bit crisper and lose that rust he's had for over a year now. I don't think he's going to lose it here. And I'm worried that he's going to like become one of these players that's got arguably the most potential I've ever seen and lose it. This isn't 40 year old virgin. It's not, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, like, I don't know. I think you're crazy. That's fine. But Drew, <laughs> tell me how he's going to get better confidence here when he missed the penalty kick. I mean, I've never seen somebody that just, he was that one inch away from scoring that. If that goes in, we're having Does a totally different inch away or not. It does. He missed the it does matter. Kick. Like he missed it. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm sorry. it's not if like you he have kicked a penalty it. Kick and you're an inch away, it doesn't get saved. He hit it off the post. He's I know he's not Chris Boyd and he didn't, you know, skyrocket it, but he's going to Nagby and he missed the penalty kick. That doesn't do anything for your confidence. No, it doesn't, but he'll I I don't know. I think he'll figure it out. He's a good enough player. I understand you can keep saying he'll figure it out. I miss 2013 Darlington Abbey like everyone else does. I, I do too. You're looking at over a year now where we just don't have that Not, much. No. I understand it's an unpopular opinion, but I just I, I want him to be better. I really do. I want him to be the greatest Timber that yeah, ever. Yeah, we all, we all want that, right? I just don't think that sending him elsewhere will turn him into that player. And you know, it very well might not, but that's just my personal opinion on the matter. Unpopular as it might be, I would just like to see him try to, you know, I personally also I want to see him against Tyrell of competition, see what he could do. Just out of curiosity, but. All right, we've beat this horse to death. Travis, how you doing? I'm doing well, just uh, enjoying the Nagby banter. Uh, but uh, <laughs> like Drew said, I think uh, I think we're both uh, in our corners on this, uh, quite well bludgeoned. Oh, and need to uh, and to move on. Uh, I don't. I don't. I think Drew and I both uh, both disagree. And uh, we're we're the we're the Loretta Lynch to Kyle Sepplatter. Let's put it that way. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> How uh, on I, earth did you get that comparison? That's harsh, Drew. <laughs> Very harsh. You're clearly accepting money from foreign teams to advocate for Nagby's leaving. Oh, obviously. <laughs> Definitely, I'm taking money for Nagby, totally. But um, I'll say one guy that's definitely impressed me this year, and I'm going to be very upset when he's gone, is Powell. I mean, definitely he's young, but he's also one of those guys who I constantly see. We've watched him improve. We've watched him get, you know, make strides, getting better defensively. And I do think we will eventually sell him for a nice amount of money. But when it comes to us missing him this summer for the Gold Cup and Copa America, we're definitely going to be missing that uh, that in the attack and now in the defense. 
Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Powell is so frustrating to me, though, because he's, I think he's, a, he's his defense has improved so much, like his actual on-ball defending, although he did get abused by Giovinco a couple of times, but I think... Well, every, let's face it, every, that's understandable. He's, every defender in MLS is going to get abused by Giovinco. He also took the ball off him a few times, too, though, so... He did. Absolutely. I, the frustration with, with Powell, I think, though, is his passing mostly sucks, so he'll go on an amazing run or, you know, take a ball and, and turn the you know, do a transition or a counterattack, and then he'll send in a cross that hits off the first defender every freaking time. Or, um, you know, he'll have some moment of brilliance. There was an awesome one. He, like, was at DC United where he, like, kicked it over the dude and then kicked it back over and ran on, and they ended up heading it out of bounds. Where he has these moments of brilliance, but, I don't know, it just, he, his passing is just terrible and it, the, i mean the good thing about that is you can learn that like he, he yes he's he can not absolutely get better he's at definitely that. not fully developed and hence why i think we're going to sell him not out of because we want to but because somebody's going to come in with you know a valencia type offer and we're going to make you know five figures off of it and that's not too shabby yeah i mean and if you can sell your outside back for money like that's a win like MLS teams don't sell outside backs. Like I, I can't think of a single outside back that's like notable that has played in MLS. Yedlin. Yedlin has been the one that comes to mind where you know they've made a bit of money off of. But yeah, I mean that's the perfect example, right? He's the only one that we can think of, and he now plays in the EPL for the top whatever team. So top sixteen, they made Europa. So they lost but, uh, Europa. Yeah. Okay. Again, you know, he's gone. The only logical thing I can think of is putting Jewsbury back mm-hmm. there. You know, you definitely lose something going forward because Jewsbury just doesn't get forward in the same way. And, you know, he's definitely not going to have the type of tackle rate that Powell has either because, you know, he's one of the best in tackles one in the league right now. He's logically one of the, the next guys to move, which, which, which is unfortunate. But I think that having one of your better players or at least, like, most valuable players and – and in that sense, I'm saying value is in money. Be in defense is not necessarily the best. So we, if we can find a better way place to put that money, then you know, I don't know, towards a striker that can actually score, then I think that's that's for the best. Travis, what do you think? Uh, I definitely agree. Pal's uh, eventually going to be moving on to bigger and better things, and I think it's because of his overall skill uh, more so than specifically one thing like I think happened with Yedlin. I think his Yedlin's athleticism is the reason he went overseas. I think with Pal and some of his tactical ability, his defense is great and seems to be getting better every week. And going forward, he doesn't have the passing just there yet. Like uh, Drew was saying, but uh, it can be taught. Uh, So I think he has, more skills in his bag and more things going for him than uh, Yedlin did. Now, of course, that's uh, some obvious bias there, but uh, I think it's true. No, I agree. I think um, Powell's bag is just, you know, a lot more diverse than Yedlin's ever was. I, mean, I have no objections to Yedlin right now because, one, I'm a Tottenham supporter, and, two, I want him to be good for the U.S., but... Also, you love the Sounders. That's not true at all, Drew. You shut your whore mouth, okay? <laughs> Thank you. But Yedlin is just – you're right. He's just – he's athletic, and he's athletic as fuck, and no one can take that away from him. But I think if you put 
you know, additional year, year and a half onto Powell and you compared him to where Yedlin is right now, I would put Powell over Yedlin every time. Yeah, I'm not ready to go that far yet, but <laughs> really, you actually think he, you think Yedlin, and given I think he is more of an athlete, I have no problem saying that. You think Yedlin has a better defensive awareness? I mean, if you put Powell again a year in advance, you think Yedlin would have a better defensive awareness than Powell does? No, I think Powell's a better defender. I think Yedlin's a better all-around player, though. See, I don't know, because I feel like Yedlin is very fast, but so is Powell. Powell, I mean, I would say he's probably a little bit slower, but, you know, not by very much. And then I think he, if he can get that passing sort of thing around, I think you have a much better all-around player than Yedlin. And I would much rather have somebody who can do it all than somebody who can do some of it very well. Agree to disagree. Fine, Drew. Fine. What do you want to talk about now? I have no idea. We have four of our next five games at home, which is nice. It is. I would definitely. I mean, let's let's just look back a bit. What do you guys think of our overall month of May? We still have one game to go, given which could definitely completely swing the entire thing in one direction or the other. But how has it gone so far? Because this has definitely been, in my opinion, the hardest month. So we had a tie at home against Vancouver. We lo- we won in Montreal. Then we lo- this is our first two-game lo- losing streak of the season. So we lost to Houston, Toronto. Then we won in D.C. So we're at seven points in May, which is pretty good. We also have a lot of games in May. Still one more left. I honestly, I don't think that's terrible. Like, no, I, it's I, not. I would have expected a win against Vancouver, but not necessarily one in Montreal. I mean, obviously Montreal sucks, but... Not necessarily. They're they're doing pretty well. They beat, you know, Salt Lake and FC Dallas. I think they suck, but that's <laughs> just me. Agree to disagree, Drew. They play <laughs> fair enough. They played like five games, six games, or something. We'll see. Uh, I mean, it would have been winning in Toronto would have been really tough. Like that would have been a surprise. I think getting a point out of Toronto would have been really impressive. And we expect to win DC at home, so I think we have about as Many points as I would expect. You know, there was obviously a huge hubbubaloo about the whole same as it always was, or whatever it is, same as it's always been, TIFO thing at the game the other night. The same time, like, I wouldn't say the form recently has been especially terrible. Like, obviously the Houston game was really disappointing, but it was also neck and neck till the 70th minute or whatever. Not that that's enough, but I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think that the form of the team is bad, and, you know, we are getting two of our best players back still, and we have, I mean, four of the next five games at home, if we win two of those and tie two, like, that is, then we're back at the top of the West. We are only seven games out of first place in the West, or sorry, seven points out of first place in the West right now. Like, the West is so tight that anything could happen. We could either, like, seriously, at the end of this homestand, we could either be in last, which I which I doubt, or we could be a top three or four team. Like that, that is probably more likely than I think us being in last. And I think what kills us too is you know, if we could just dump Audi and get somebody marginally better, like not like you know, like a three million dollar striker, not somebody like you know your Altidores or just somebody of quality. Well, we're not paying Audi. You that can much. easily. 
No, we're not. But I, you know, Paulson is Carlos mentioned. Carlos Tevez. Got the money to spend. No, we're not getting Tevez. All right. No one's gonna He's trade. So um, Tevez and Pirlo. We're coming. Yeah. Oh shit, Pirlo. That'd be awesome. Like, oh, you get somebody, you know, just Cristiano Ronaldo. Spend a couple. Yeah, no, we're gonna get Ronaldo in 2018. Okay, so let's. <laughs> Drew, shut up, okay? <laughs> no one wants your old Drogba. Okay, well, I would actually probably take him. Dominate. He's he I is who Audi is supposed to be, right? He's that big, imposing player that can head the ball and control the run of play. But uh, he's definitely not coming. That's a ridiculous statement. But, he's not the temperature. But I would love. I would but, love if he came. Oh my god, that would be amazing. No, I know, not just because you like Chelsea or anything like that, but, you know, all the other reasons. I mean, we should also bring in Messi and Ronaldo, too, so. Probably. I think we could get Messi. You'd... He's probably never heard of the state of Oregon or the city of Portland, but whatever. Probably not. But, um, you know, just somebody marginally better. You know, splash sort of cash on them. Somebody that we know as, you know, some amount of known quantity that we think could be, you know, you know put the ball in the back of the net once or twice. I mean, it, yeah. And weird. So after that, if we can just dump the forward and get somebody to replace him, we become a very scary team. Valeria's already terrifying with, you know, Johnson running the engine and the defense the way we've had so far. If we can just figure out the goals, and I know it's, you know, that's kind of the whole game itself, just figuring out the goals, we'd be golden. Yeah, man. If we start playing real good and not ever real bad, we're going to kill it. Travis, I like where your head's at, okay? <laughs> if only we could score more goals than the other team, then we would win games. Drew, that's very revolutionary. You ever, you ever said that to you? No, you haven't. I appreciate that. It's very nice of you. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, all right. Are we are we done here? Oh, I guess we should talk a little bit. Um, the next serious away game, besides Colorado, uh, is uh, Philadelphia, which is that what? is uh, Chester, not Philadelphia. Yeah, my apologies. Beautiful Chester, uh, one of the wonderful go- dirt parking lots. Yeah, dirt parking lots. Beautiful view. One of the I would say the best view of any stadium I've been to in MLS. Well. Actually, Salt Lake has got a pretty amazing view, but um, yeah, amazing view. If you can get if you can get out of the town without being murdered, then it's it's always a plus. Uh, so yeah, we're all gonna be there, right? I'm yeah. not gonna be there. Oh, oh yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. New job and no vacations. It's a it's on a Saturday. Yeah, but unfortunately, I just don't have like I usually have to. My job is salary, and it sucks, so I never actually have to – I have to have my laptop on me most weekends. So do I. The game's at 7. You're all here are excuses. That's fine, Drew. You're all here excuses. Hashtag laptop away. Bring it. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll see you there, Travis. Yep. Uh, we'll be uh, singing uh, under the bleachers during halftime, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for th- As is tradition. Yeah, for folks that don't know – was it two years ago? Man, it feels so recent. Yeah, it was two years there ago. There was the uh, rain delay or lightning uh, at halftime for the Chester away, and it turned into a bit of a song and chant battle in the concourse, which has phenomenal acoustics. So it was it was basically us singing actual soccer chants and then them saying, Philadelphia just 
constantly. Uh, so, it, it, you know, they may have a poor understanding of geography in Philadelphia, but at least at least they know the nearest major city, right? That's all I can ask for. Yeah. So that was super fun. Hopefully replicated. The game itself, I believe, was a zero zero draw. So hopefully that doesn't get replicated. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was not a good time. I believe it was the dude that went to Oregon State, uh, Danny. Mwanga. Danny Mwanga, I believe, started that game and played 90 minutes. So that's that's where we were at that point. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully the game's better. But uh, yeah, so I'm sure we'll have Tilgate in that. Are you uh, are you spending the night, Travis? Uh, for uh, stuff on the far far east coast like uh, New York and Philly, I stay with uh, my brother, and he lives just over the border in Delaware. So it's just a quick drive up. So uh, I will not be staying over in like Philly or anything like that, but I'll be in the area. So are you just gonna drive up and back, or what, what are you doing? Yeah, I'll be driving up and back from my brother's in Delaware. I'm not doing the uh, crazy nine-hour trip I did to New England. That was crazy, and I, I so admire you for that, Travis. That was quite a quite a trek you made for that game. What a dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes it was, but you know what? I still admire you for that. I got to see Ridgewell's first goal, the Ridgey roll, got a point. Yep. It was worth it. That was good. It was a good time. Almost as good as when I got to see Frank Sango do a bicycle kick into a dude's face. That is exciting as well. Yeah. All right, boys. I think this is it for us. It's been a good one. Yeah, oh yeah. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, cheers so, for uh, letting me be on. Yeah. If you want to tweet at us, you can find us at. No, of course, Travis. More than happy to have you. So you were saying uh, you could tweet uh, you guys at a place, I believe? Oh, yeah. You can tweet at us at a place. I believe the place is Twitter at TA Field Report. You can also find us at, at Drew. What's our email? We have an email, I think. Timbersfieldreport at gmail dot com. Yep, couldn't remember that one. And then uh, you can find people like Travis on the uh, Timbers Army East Coast Platoon Field Facebook page. I believe there is a group set up for Chester away as well. So if anyone wants to get in touch with people, go into that. That's the place to find them. And Travis, what's your Twitter in case anyone wants to? hear about your uh, passport exploits? Uh, yes. Uh, if anyone wants to follow me and uh, my uh, nonsensical ramblings, I am at Son of Crunch. So uh, that's where I'll be uh, talking about uh, my mumblings tonight. It's a quality fall. All right, we done here? Gentlemen, done. I bid you adieu. Gents, it was fun. Thank you. All right, peace out. See you guys. Thank you. Take care. Later. You can't hear it all.